Welcome to the Spring Hills Podcast. Today we are beginning a brand new series where we're going to be learning a little bit about people within our church, uh, their testimonies. And I thought, what better way to start this series off than with Pastor Brett himself. So Brett is here with me in the green room to talk about his testimony. He's going to share his story. I'm going to ask him some questions, and uh, and we're going to get some good an- good answers from you, I hope. <laughs> Not bad ones, good ones. Uh, but first, before we get to your testimony as far as like your faith and when you became a Christian, tell us a little bit about um, your upbringing, where you grew up, your uh, your family life, that kind of thing. Well, I'm a Bay Area guy. Grew up in Redwood City. Uh, went to Woodside High School and then on to San Jose State after that. Uh, I have a twin brother who went to be with the Lord. Let's see, it's been three Five years. Three years. Oh, is that three all? Years now? Well, three years. Coming on COVID. four. Yeah. And then um, have an older brother who's involved here in our church, an older sister, uh, and a stepsister who is also with the Lord. So I grew up uh, with siblings all around, um, especially my two brothers. That was a lot of fun. We played sports together. How close are you and Scott? Scott and I are real close. Sorry, in age, I meant. Oh, in age. Uh, He's older than me, even though he looks younger than me. But did you, you got to play sports together in high school? Yeah, not not competitively, but just home. Oh, okay, I got you. Like the pickup games, baseball games. I was always envious of the brothers. I mean, you have a twin brother, I guess, so you got to... You're obviously oh, yeah. the same age. My brother, four years older than me, so we never got to play any sports together. Yeah, we played football, baseball, basketball all the time. So that was great. What were you the best at? Uh, I'd say my best sport uh, is baseball. Okay. You yeah. played You played in college? I played two years in junior college um, and then all through high school. What was your batting average? My batting <laughs> average? Well, I know my I know my finishing I, – I, I hit 444 my senior year of high school. Dude, and had uh, 18 RBIs, as I recall. Uh, So I had a really good year my senior year of high school. Yeah. Then my junior college years were good. I was a starter, but, you know, it's a different level. It's a good good level. Dude, isn't it crazy the jump high school to the college sports? Oh, yeah. It's a huge jump. Totally. So what kind of kid were you, outgoing? No, I was really, I think you would uh, probably characterize me as more of a quiet guy. Um and that's partly due to my upbringing. My parents' marriage was never great. Uh, a lot of conflict in the home. You grew um, up in a non-Christian home, correct? Non-Christian home. My mom had a lot of uh, mental issues, drinking issues. My dad uh, was sort of a, how would you describe my dad? Love him. Perfectionist. They, they just together didn't uh, seem to understand one another very well. So I grew up kind of quiet and then when I met my wife, Eve, and we started started dating, um, boy, she really brought out my personality. It was like the acceptance brought me out. I went from being kind of an in, a big introvert to much more of an extrovert. Interesting. You've kind of yeah. shared that Kiki was a little bit that way too, right? When she was younger. Yeah, and Kiki, she was a little our, more reserved. our daughter, Kiki, was, uh, some, was reserved kind of growing up and then... You know, when she get, went to college and came home, it's like, who is that She's person? like one of the most outgoing people I think I know. <laughs> I know. Well, uh, before you received Christ, I'm curious, you've shared you've shared with the church quite a bit the, your story of how you came to Christ, but what kind of life were you living prior to that? So you, I think you said you're, you're in high school and you became a Christian, right? Right. So, so what kind of life were you living up to that point? So I, uh, I, I guess everything was uh, my own personal life up through sixth grade was somewhat... Uh, normal other than you know the conflicts that were going on at home my seventh grade year 
uh, I went to Massachusetts and attended school. My twin brother and I did attended school in Massachusetts for a year. Like a boarding school? No, it was mo- with my, yeah, my, uh, yeah, good question. It was with my aunt. We oh, okay. Lived, All right. My brother and I lived with my aunt. I think it's because of my parents' marriage problems. Okay. But uh, so we lived together there with my aunt for a year. And when I came back, my uh, for eighth grade, all my friends were into pot. Mm. It was, uh, you know, the, the uh, Jimi Hendrix and uh, kind of the hippie. The hippie era was full swing, and I, I'm like, my friends are like, you want to try some pot and this and that, and I'm like, no, you don't do that. And and have you ever been drunk or drink? No, I don't do that. You're you 13 know? at this point. Yeah, well, yeah. whatever you are at eighth. Yeah, eighth grade, 13, eighth grade. something like that. But it didn't take long before. I mean, those were my friends, right? And good friends or bad friends can corrupt good morals. Sure. Uh, it wasn't long before I was, you know, smoking dope, drinking a lot. And uh, that sort of set me up for my response to the gospel because I became quietly, without anybody knowing it, pretty desperate. I yeah. didn't like the life I was living. Uh, the friends I were was hanging with, they were getting uh, sort of worse, you know? Yeah. What, what were you looking for, so, like, to, to bring you happiness or peace or security? Was it just the acceptance of your friends? Yeah, that's that's probably a good way to say it. Yeah, that uh, I think the acceptance of my friends, having a peer group. I had athletic friends that I enjoyed, but I kind of felt like I was living this double life. And um, so my best friend that I grew up with, he didn't want anything to do with drinking, any mm-hmm. of that stuff. And he was a really good athlete. Um, and so I kind of shied away from him and went to these other guys. And so when I heard the gospel my sophomore year, it was like God saying, you know, let me save you. <laughs> what was your What was your uh, impression of God prior to that? Did anybody ever try to talk to you about God? Was that just not something you'd ever heard? Were you resistant to it? Uh, I don't remember anybody ever talking to me about God, except when I was uh, in kindergarten, I want to say. Oh, wow. First grade, my mom would used to read from an, a book that had Old Testament stories mm. to put us to sleep. And I remember just, I stayed up to listen to these stories, and it was Noah and the Flood, and and Moses in the Red Sea, and Samson defeating Philistines. I mean, it had all these Old Testament stories and I was, I was like, I was believing all of them. And I still remember the book had pictures and it showed Noah and the flood and people drowning. And it, it sort of uh, formed um, a certain fear of the holiness of God in me. So uh, that shaped my conscience quite a bit. I always had a sensitive conscience. Uh, so when I heard the gospel and uh, the Holy Spirit at work calling me, it... Uh, it, it was it was real. I don't know how to describe it. I wasn't totally like hearing it for the first time. And the initial one was you were at your school campus. There was a band there, right? Yeah, band played at lunch. They did a bunch of Chicago tunes, and then a guy gave, got up and gave his testimony. Then they invited us to the church the next night for a big rally, and I went, and that's when I became a Christian. That would just not be allowed on campus today. No, man. I, I know. mean, you unfortunately, can, you can hardly get on campus, let alone share invite kids to church on campus. Exactly, it's just so different. Yeah. Um, so, share a little bit about what changes you saw in your life prior or after you became a Christian. So, this band comes, they uh, they share the gospel. Did you accept Christ that day? Or no, was it- no. So, I just grabbed the flyer that they were passing out, and I knew I got to go to the church. 
you were um, feeling enough of this like desperation. Oh, yeah. You were searching for something. You needed to. And I felt like God was really moving. So, uh, and I, I, that's the way I put words to it now. So I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't ask Jesus to come into my life until I went to the church the following night for the rally, and then I went forward. Okay, and what was your the initial change in your life after that night? Yeah, so great question. I go home, I, and I've I've shared this before, but I didn't know you're supposed to go back to church. Right. I mean, I literally didn't, so I didn't go back to church. Um, I and I started hanging out with my old friends, but boy, could I see uh, that they were not what I wanted to be. I still remember. Um, uh, they were smoking dope. I didn't want any dope. They were, they were, uh, you know, f bombing one word after another, and I'd never noticed it before. And I, I'm sure it was part of my language, uh, but I noticed it, and it was kind of like I want to get out of this car. I don't want to be here. Um, there was a conviction that you th- felt yeah, it was just like this. You know, my eyes have been open. Yeah. Okay? So you become a Christian, and your eyes are open, and that's what. And I'm like, I don't know what, what I'm seeing here, but I don't want to be here. How did you feel? I mean, did you? it sounds like you cut those friends out of your life, right? Like, what was the, how did you feel with that? I mean, did you have other friends or were you, did you feel kind of lonely after that? Yeah, there was some loneliness there. It definitely was. Um, I even had a group of friends come up to me and tell me that uh, after I became a Christian, you're losing all your friends because I just wasn't into what the they friends were, into, were yeah. doing. Uh, so it's about a month after I became a Christian that the church followed up on me and a guy called and said, Hey, do you want to go to church and get, come to the youth group? And I'm like, yeah, sure. So, uh, he picked me up and I started going to church. I don't think I've missed church since then. This is why Garrett Ward is important to <laughs> ministry because he's the guy that follows up. He's so yes. good at following oh, you up and it's so up. important to do that. I mean, it's like, what, what are we thinking? So um, the Especially same. if you're somebody that grew up in church, the question of what, what, am I supposed to go back to church? That didn't, I never would have occurred to me because I grew up in church. So you saying that, I'm like, yeah, I guess that makes sense. If no one ever told you, yeah, that, yeah, I didn't even part. know there was church on Sundays. Yeah. You know, uh, maybe they said something that night, but I missed it. Um, but so he also the same guy took me to the youth group and mm. I met some new friends. I met a one guy particularly being, became really close friend, another Christian who was also involved in sports. So God provided some great people along the way. And then I started to grow, you know, spiritually from that point, just going to church every week and youth group every week. Mm-hmm. Now um, we're we're in the midst of the uh, of a series about worry and anxiety and last night you spoke with the young adult group about worry, anxiety, you shared a story about feeling a lot of pressure to live a Christian life. Um, and I don't want to, I don't want to get the story wrong, but you shared something about, I don't know if it was the youth leader or someone when you stood up <laughs> yeah. and said something, you share that story. Yeah. So I, uh, probably, I want to say a year after being a Christian somewhere in there, I, I developed acute anxiety and so much. So I had a hard time breathing. I didn't want to be around people. I was very, very continually uncomfortable. Probably the only time I could really rest was just falling asleep, you know, at night. Uh, so, and I, as I look back now, I understand some of the dynamics of it. I was trying to be a perfect Christian. I was trying to be a perfect student. I was very involved in school, music, sports, a lot of things. And I was trying to do it all and do it all, you know, uh, 
to the highest degree possible. And it just, it just mounted up an incredible stress and anxiety in me so much. So I started getting angry at God because I thought, well, you know, if you're a Christian, God loves you. This doesn't, how does this figure in with my, you know, understanding of who God is? So I became angry at God. And then one night at, <laughs> at a youth group uh, meeting where we had about 100 kids, I got up and I shared that, that I was angry at God and I was stressed and anxious and all that. And the youth leader came up to me afterwards and said, hey, you know, you better, you better get that your life figured out because Jesus might come back at any time. And so he gave you the stop it, <laughs> stop it, <laughs> which made me feel even more anxious. Uh, but yeah, what I shared last night uh, with the 18 to 25 year old group was that a girl that night shared a verse out of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 10, uh, which basically goes, uh, you know, our parents disciplined us for a short time as seemed best to them but God disciplines us for our good that we might share his holiness. Uh, and then I believe it's verse 11. All discipline for the moment is uh, seems sorrowful, but to those who have been trained by it, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. And all of a sudden, my whole suffering of anxiety and all that, I, I, I it changed my view of God as God is leading me through this because he wants me to enjoy more of his character and the fruit of righteousness, which in fact uh, happened. It wasn't until I really got in junior college that I had a lot of peace and, um, but I learned a lot. So, so besides that, that kind of trial time of feeling that pressure, have there been other times that you've noticed maybe even early on in your Christian life where you, you noticed struggling to trust God with his, his plan and his timing of different things? Um, well, you know, I'm one of those that's fortunate in a sense where I went to high school, okay, I become a Christian, then I really want to go into ministry, and I know that's going to require seminary, So, uh, but I have to get a bachelor's degree before going to seminary, so I go from high school to San Jose State, and then on the seminary, it's like the plan was right in front of me. Um, after I graduated from seminary and started looking for a job, uh, that that was a but that it wasn't too long. So to answer your question, a long way of saying, and I'm fortunate where it seems like God's plan for me just sort of was one thing after step after it was step. quick. It was quick. Yeah, I mean I've known guys that uh, you know they feel a call to ministry maybe five years after being in the business yeah. world or ten ten years, and I could imagine that interim period being sort of difficult for them. But it sort of was all clear where what I was supposed to do. Yeah. How have different things in your life, uh, let, let's say like, well, we know that being Christian doesn't come without its trials, doesn't come without its its difficulties. We've talked a lot about that with the series we're in. Um, John was talking about that on a podcast we did earlier today, talking about different trials we go through. How have you seen your faith grow through trials? Well, that's another That's another good one. Um, if, when you're going through a trial, you feel like you're just hanging on. Yeah. I mean, if I, if I look back at how I handled some of the biggest trials of my life. Emotionally, I'd say I didn't handle them very well. I would be angry. I would be frustrated. I, uh, was I trusting God? <laughs> uh, I guess, I guess spiritually, yes, but personally, no. And so 
But the thing, the where like I'm, you ultimately oh. trust that God's gonna work things out. Yeah. But in the moment, you're kind of like, "What yeah. the heck, man?" Yeah. In the moment, I'm like, I feel like I've I've grown zero. Yeah. But now looking back, what I where I have grown is I've seen the gentleness and faithfulness of God, and that even though I didn't handle trials very well, he's his love is consistent and constant, and that. Uh, he will get you through it. Yeah. So like right now I feel I'm in a good spot, but when the next trial comes, I hope I can apply yeah. and not freak out. But the reality is it seems like in my humanity, um, I don't handle trials well, but they do teach me, have taught me about the character and attributes of God, which is really a solid foundation. Yeah. Um, you you mentioned you kind of knew early on that you were going to go into ministry. So then it was kind of quick. When did you know that that was going to be what God, or when did you know God was calling you to be in ministry? Did and when did you know that that ministry meant being a pastor? Yeah. So I had I had the opportunity in high school to give a message for some students, and um, it was the first time I'd ever given a Bible study. So I prepared like crazy and. Um, and I, I'm sure it was, it was horrible for the kids, but, but uh, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed doing it. I think I got one kid that said, boy, you could hear a pin drop when you were speaking. And I thought, wow, what's that mean? You know, that's, that's Is good. Is that good? <laughs> Is that good? So, and then I uh, had been, uh, and towards the end of my high school year, I, had, I was given the opportunity to preach a sermon at church. Like in the main service? Yeah. The oh, main, cool. No, at night, the Sunday night oh, service. Oh, okay. Okay. So the Sunday night. So I gave a sermon, and I enjoyed that. Uh, and then one of the deacons said, when are you going to go to seminary? And that was sort of like, you know, what, you, you go to seminary to prepare for the ministry. And I was like, Describe wow. what a deacon is real quick. Okay, that's something yeah, for that you who don't people... know. Uh, in our Baptist church, we had deacons, and they're, they're sort of like, you know, we call them our our team, our uh, Spring Hills team, they're, they're leaders. They have different offices in the church and responsibilities for the church. Deacon comes from a Greek word, diakonos, which means servant. Uh, but it, God used that uh, deacon just to say, when are you going to go to seminary? And then when I started looking into seminary, another one was willing to help support me. Mm. So it was like God just like, you know, and of course it was, I want, I love the idea of, being in the ministry and I felt like teaching and preaching was really exciting. So did you, were you ever, so it doesn't sound like you were ever really resistant to it. No, no, I never, no, I, um, trying to think back now. I don't, uh, it sort of fell into place. Eve, who we were dating. Yeah. When did you meet Eve? We were dating at the time. Uh, we started talking about seminaries and started looking at seminaries. She helped me apply. She helped me write my cover letters and all that stuff. Um, and so lo and behold, we were accept. I was accepted at Dallas seminary and that's the one I really want so to go to. What, uh, you got, you got your bachelor's at San Jose. Yeah. San and Jose State. You went to seminary, Dallas seminary, uh-huh. which that's is now, um, it's not called Dallas seminary anymore. It's, uh, Right? No, it's still Dallas Seminary. Then oh, I, I thought I've it changed. A, yeah. Oh, never mind. Okay. Well, so what, and then you have your you have your PhD. Yeah, the doctorate came from Talbot Seminary. Talbot. That's what. Okay, that's what I was yeah. thinking. Okay, right. so you got your doctorate Talbot. So then, 
let's fast forward now to the church planting. So 31 years ago now, uh, Easter, this is the 31st Easter we just did for, for Spring Hills Church. You and Eve begin this journey of planting the church. So looking back, could you give maybe uh, maybe like one or two pivotal moments of that journey where you saw God working a miracle in maybe your life or the church planting specifically? Yeah, wow, that's good. I do remember that early on we were doing everything and anything to try to get more people to come. I mean, our first year we were probably had 30 people coming to church and we were trying creative things and new new uh, programming things. Sending out mailers. Sending out mailers and, and uh, seeing absolutely nothing from it. And at the end of that first year, um, I just felt the Lord really speak to me. You know, it wasn't audible, but I really felt him speaking to me, basically saying, if, if this church is going to happen, it's going to be because I, my work, you know. So it freed me. Uh, it was a God moment. I, I was leaning way too much on my own abilities, self. Um, and that was pivotal uh, because we had a church in town, a church of about 125 merged with Spring Hills, and gave us sort of put us over that hump of uh, that you need to get enough people and and all that momentum momentum. So when a new family comes in, it feels like there's life, and it's not like oh we're the only family with kids here. Exactly, that's a tough. Yeah, you, you know. Oh, about I've been there. Yeah, church planting. It's hard. Um, so that was definitely uh, a big uh, a big turning point for me, and it really freed me up a long time. Another one was. <coughs> Excuse me, sort of, somewhat, maybe it's related. Um, I just, I reached a point where I felt like we've got to build up the people in the church if we're going to reach the community. I don't know why I'd forgotten that. <laughs> we were so busy. It seems so obvious. <laughs> we were so busy trying to reach people that um, I think that I just felt like the people in the church were being neglected. Uh you know, and so, I mean, some churches are the opposite, right? They're ingrown. They're totally focused on the people who are there. They don't, they don't have their eyes open or a vision for reaching anybody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's its own set of problems. But for our church at the time, uh, this is probably, what, five, six years in. I don't know. We're still trying to reach so many people. Then it dawned on me that unless the people in our church are well-fed and happy and loving each other and growing if that if that's not happening then even if a newcomer comes they won't sense anything alive love in the church so while keeping an outreach or you know orientation to reach out i really focused and want to focus on building up the people in the church growing larger and smaller at the same time larger and smaller and really wanting to give them the, the word of god not trying to appeal so much right. to the visitor. We want the visitor. We've always wanted the visitors to be welcome, but we, I reached the point where we got to build this church people spiritually. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, our small groups that we've got, we had, I think we ended up having 30, something like 3,700 people over the Easter weekend, which is, that's a big number. Right. Mm -hmm. And then literally the next week I've got this small group meeting in this room with six people. And it's great because there's relationships yeah. being built there. We're encouraging each other, sharing our testimonies. And it's like, that's how you, those relationships you're fed, you're almost not one-on-one, -on -one, but it's yeah. a, it's a great feel to be able to have both the, both those opportunities of this big event, but also these yeah. small groups where we're really focused on each of us growing in our own faith. 
Um, so let's talk just real quick as we wrap up here with your story, uh, unless there's something else you want to say, but just give advice to the brand new Christian that may be struggling with maybe what to do next. If they're struggling with, man, do I need to, to live the life? Like you mentioned, you were feeling the pressure to do this, 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 uh, maybe struggling with cutting people out of their lives that are just dragging them away from God. Uh, so what advice could you give to a, a new Christian? Well, I would really encourage them to get plugged in. Uh, it seems like an obvious thing, but it's it's really important. I didn't get plugged in initially because I didn't know I was supposed to. But once I did get plugged in, um, it set me up to, you know, be in God's Word on a regular basis. It set me up to develop good Christian friends, to learn my spiritual gifts, to serve in ministry and find out what God's really called me to do because I was serving and I found out what I love, which ended up for me being teaching and all that sort of thing. Um, so being plugged in is so important. Um, developing good, solid Christian friendships, like with, like you mentioned, the small groups is a good way to do that. And, um, growing deep in your understanding of the gospel, um, you know, we've done podcasts that we talk more about the gospel, but I didn't understand the grace of God. I didn't understand the mercy of God and the finished work on the cross. Mm. Um, when I started to really understand that, which took me all the way, it wasn't until seminary that I really began to understand it fully or more. I'm still learning about yeah, it. Yeah, so if you don't understand it right away, don't be down on yeah, yourself. Yeah, don't be down. Just keep plugging away. Keep, keep you know, learning the gospel because it is so, it is so amazing, so powerful. And it can uh, keep you from, you know, I think the perfectionistic downward spiral I was in, uh, legalism, legalism was a big part of my life early on and all that. So plug in, open God's word, fellowship, and just make it your you know, your priority in your life. Yeah. And there's a lot of ways at Spring Hills to get plugged in. For men, we've got G3 on the third uh, Friday of each month. Women have uh, the gathering now on the fourth, fourth, I'm get, fourth Thursday of the month. Um, and then we've got the 18 and 25 group. So if you're somewhere in the college age range or right after college, we've got that group every Wednesday now. Um, and then we've got small groups. We do uh, th three different, I think three different semesters of small groups, right? So we've got the, the longer one in the fall, and then we've got spring in the summer as well. So lots of different ways to plug in, lots of cool groups. Um, and then, of course, we have our weekend services every week uh, on Saturday and Sunday. So there's pretty much something going on here. Yeah, come on. Every week every week, where there, there's things going on. So um, get plugged in. Brett, thank you for sharing your testimony. Appreciate it. Um, next week, we're going to have a couple of the pa other pastors, Garrett Ward, John Knapp, John Barrett. They're going to come in as well, share their testimonies. And then some people from the church that are on the team here at Spring Hills are going to share their testimonies. So... Thanks, dude. Appreciate it. Yeah.